Are you a female entrepreneur who wants to make a bigger impact on the world? You're booked and busy and you love serving your clients, but your time is capped. You want to do more. You often wonder how you can help more people without spending so many hours on social media, repeating content that only a handful of people will see. Well, you're in the right place. Welcome to Too Busy to Podcast. I'm your host, Rosemary Callender, podcast launch and system strategist, and I'm on a mission to help you create a podcast that connects and builds community with your audience and converts them into clients. Are you ready to leverage the power of your voice? Let's head into this week's episode. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Too Busy to Podcast. I'm really excited to introduce you to our guest today. This conversation has been on the calendar for about I don't know, two months. And I'm just really, really excited to talk about all things batching and repurposing content. Jen Liddy is a content creation specialist. After making a terrifying leap from a career in education into the world of entrepreneurship, Jen made all the mistakes. She learned everything the hard way and bumped into many, many brick walls along the way. This is why her priority is teaching others how to keep things simple, cut through the noise and create systems and solutions that work for each of them. She has taken all the things she's learned and brought her expertise in writing and teaching into her business and is now a content creation specialist, teaching entrepreneurs how to create clear messaging and content in a way that feels like them so that they can attract the right clients. And she's also the host of the Content Creation Made Easy podcast. Jen, hello. Thank you so much. As I said before in the intro, I am so excited we're having this conversation. <laughs> How are you today? Finally. Lovely, lovely. <laughs> well, after some tech nonsense, I mean, I think that what we went, what I went through this morning is like such, such a great place to start with people because it can be so maddening, all of the hurdles that we have to get through before we even get to our message. So I had the, you know, the rolling ball of death on my Mac, the whole thing rebooted and it entered a new system and then it was a hurdle. So it's hurdle, but you're here, and I'm excited yes. that you're here. <laughs> Happy to be here. And you, of course, reached out to me, and when I read your email, I was like, "Yes, hundred percent, a thousand percent. You need to be a guest on my show." So thank you so much for taking that initiative and reaching out to us. Of course, we are going to be talking about batching, repurposing content, which is applicable to podcasters, as you'll know yourself, as well as business owners. So so many people are going to take a lot from this episode. But before we get into that, I'd love it if you could tell us a little bit more about you and your story. Yeah. So as I, as you said in my intro, I was an educator for a long time. I taught high school English, and then I taught college writing and personal development. And I was a little burned out with teaching. If I never had to grade another crappy essay again, I would probably still be teaching. But I was really burned out. And I remember, you know, toward the end, I was getting to that place where I'd be in the shower thinking, is it worth it for me? Is it, is it more work to go to work or for me to get a substitute today? Right. And so that's, that's where I was when I was burned out. And then I got this opportunity to make the leap into entrepreneurship with two business partners helping to run a brick and mortar fitness studio. And I had no experience with entrepreneurship. So I really learned everything from the ground up. And one of the things in that business that was the most terrifying, besides like learning all the business stuff was the marketing because marketing felt really gross and pushy. And, you know, there seemed to be ways to do marketing and I seemed to always be missing an ingredient in the recipe. So when I finally left that business, 
I felt like I had not mastered the marketing. I had not mastered. I, I really left again. I was pretty, I kind of had gone a hundred miles an hour and then wound up getting burned out and leaving. But I wanted to still be an entrepreneur. So I was like, who can I help having the talents that I have, learning what I've learned? And in order to grow a business where I help women one-on-one versus in the fitness studio environment, I was like, I have to figure out this marketing thing. So I just spent a long time studying marketing. And over the course, since 2016, I think that what I've done is decided there's a lot of marketing advice out there. There's a lot of content advice out there. And the mistake that I think people make is they believe there's one recipe and they're always one ingredient short. And what I have found is like, you kind of, you have to make up your own recipe. So look at all of, I look at everything out there with marketing and content as there's so many ingredients out there. There's so many paths forward, right? And we get to choose what feels good to us. And so that's what I, you know, that is the main, one of the main pillars of my content is we get to figure out what works for us and leave the things that don't work for us. So that was my story in becoming an entrepreneur and then finding my way to a path that won't burn me out this time and doing it in a way that feels good to me. You've hit so many nails and being a newish entrepreneur myself, so I'm 15 months in, marketing and sales were my two biggest, I mean, I'm still getting there, but my two biggest um, hills, mountains, I guess, because as an XPA, I didn't have to do anything like that. And yeah, like you said, it feels gross. It feels icky. It feels pushy. Both of those things did. And I love that you talk about making your own recipe, creating your own recipe. And as I mentioned in, in your bio, there is cutting through the noise. There's so much noise in the online space. I suppose when you're starting out, you look to learn from others. And because they're the experts, you then do get wrapped up in everything that the experts are saying. But I love that you are championing us to do what works best for us. And so you mentioned ingredients. You might come onto this further on in our conversation, but what are some of the ingredients that make up someone's recipe? That's a great question. Let's talk about the ingredients. So I'm going to share five steps to helping create content that feels good and create it in a way so that it doesn't burn you out. I have what's called the batch and repurpose. It's a system. It's a content planning system. And I really speak to the ingredients all the way through. But one of the the places I like to start with is step one. And I want to preface all of this by saying, if you're a highly creative person who loves to be spontaneous and you have told yourself... I don't know how to plan. I can't plan. Uh, I'm not born to plan. This is not for me. I just want you to hang in with us because the system is highly customizable. Even if you are highly creative and everybody has told you your whole life that you're not a good planner. So there is a way to make planning work for you because one of the things that burns people out as part of the recipe is batching. One of the things that burns people out is like waking up every day going, oh my God, I didn't post any place today. Now I have to post. And they just feel like they're just spinning around. In the name of being creative, that can burn people out. So this system is designed to meet you where you are and help you get where you want to go with ease. So perfect. the first part of developing your own recipe, if you want, is step one, which is we're going to reverse engineer your content. And no, almost nobody starts here. I want everybody to start thinking about, okay, next month, what is going to be going on in your business? Are you selling something? Are you launching a program? 
Or do you not even have enough people in your audience to launch something to? Like, are you not ready for that? Are you developing your audience? Are you growing? Are you trying to engage people? So over the next month, what is your goal? What do you really want to do next month? That is the place we're going to start. What do you want your content to do for you? So if you're having having a launch next month, all of your content should be kind of talking about that and seeding it and talking about those problems and talking about the solutions. So I like to start with the end in mind. And it's okay if you don't have anything to sell next month. For you, maybe your goal is I want my clients or my audience to come out more educated about this topic, or I want my audience to know more about my content pillars, right? So step one is to start with the end in mind. Why are you creating content? That's the big question. Most people start with, what do I want to say today? Or what do I have to say today? And they wind up throwing things kind of all over the room, which is really uh, hard for the audience because like we said, there's so much noise. Your audience can't follow you if you're just constantly throwing different things at them. So we're going to start with, what's the heavy lift we want our content to do for us? Perfect. So start with the end in mind. And so... Thinking from a podcaster point of view, would you recommend then that, I mean, it depends on if you're super organized with your podcast, that you look at the episodes you have planned for the month ahead. Would that be the same as well? Or would you look at that differently? Yeah, well, it especially works for podcasters because, so say it does require a little bit of thinking and you might need to give yourself a few months to catch up. So say you've got your next few uh, weeks of podcasts set up and you're just going to keep going with them, right? But but say you've caught up. Now, for the following month, you want people to, you want to get to a thousand reviews or a hundred reviews, right? So you want all of your, you know, that means like in your podcast, you really want to be t- pushing people toward getting those reviews, right? Or you have a program you're going to launch that month. Maybe all of your podcast guests and topics are something around the problems that that program solves or the solutions that that program gets, and your guests and your topics speak to that. And then, of course, at the beginning, middle, and end of your podcast, you can speak to this was brought to you by this program or get on the wait list for this program or here's how you access this program. But it all seamlessly goes together, and you're not just willy-nilly gathering podcast guests or topics, but you're just like really strategically getting them. And then it all kind of dovetails together. Brilliant. Brilliant. Okay. I'm glad I asked that question. Okay, great. Okay. So step two, what would step two be? So step two is now all about where we get to start saying, where does it feel good for us to be? So I think of step two is like, what's your, what are your platforms that you like to be on. And I call this your home-based content because there's one major place that you make content for. Mostly your audience is probably podcasters. That's where their home base is. And I'm going to talk about repurposing in a little bit, but if you have a home base, whether that's a podcast or a blog or an email, or even if like TikTok is your home base, We can take what you create there and repurpose it for other platforms and other audiences. But if you're not thinking about, do I love my home base? Then you're really missing out because say that your home base is a podcast, but every week you drag your feet and you don't even like doing it and the tech really gets in your way and you don't like like talking out to nobody, right? Is a podcast really the best place for your home base content? 
would you do better with, you know, maybe an interview format or maybe a YouTube channel where you're talking with somebody or you're talking on video? Step two is really all about choosing the platforms that feel good to you, because if they feel good to you, you're going to show up consistently there. It's going to be easier to show up consistently. You know, I've met people who are content creators who are like, I have this blog and I hate blogging and blogging, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, then why do you have a blog? If you hate writing, why would you have a blog, right? Because someone told them that they should have a blog. I say that because I'm, I was that person. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So this is where we start to create our own recipe. Like, okay, I'm a podcaster. That means if I want to do a blog, maybe I hire a virtual assistant who takes my podcast and transcribes it and I zhuzh it up a little bit. But that, so this is like step two is all about what's your home base. And the other piece of advice I like to give for step two is there are so many platforms and everybody is telling us that we should be on something. Like they're shooting all over us, right? Like you should be on TikTok now. You should do short form video. You should have a blog. You should have an email list. And those are all good pieces of advice. But if you are at capacity and you don't even ha- you barely are crawling over the finish line every day. I have to ask you, what's your home base? And then maybe one or two other platforms where you can repurpose it. Because if you don't have a team behind you, it's very hard to do all of the technical pieces to actually get it out into the world on LinkedIn and Instagram. But And Instagram itself has like four <laughs> platforms on it. it is it's exhausting. exhausting, right? So this step two is about giving yourself permission to choose the platforms that you love and also where your audience is. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, I think, again, it took me a while. I thought I needed to be everywhere. And I didn't really know about repurposing at the start of the year. So then I thought, like you said, you're barely getting over the finish line and writing content doesn't come naturally. So I thought, okay, if I've done it for Facebook, I can stick the same thing on Instagram. I can stick the same thing on LinkedIn. But actually each platform works differently differently. And then before you know it, you're exhausted before you've even done, you've done anything. And that's kind of why I started my podcast to be my home base. I love that term. And then repurposing it, which is relatively new. But I think a lot of people haven't thought about it or considered repurposing, which is why I wanted you to be a guest on the show. When you can choose that home base that feels good, it's easier to start to show up more consistently because... Like, think of it like Taffy. When you started talking about repurposing to LinkedIn and Instagram and YouTube, like you're stretched so thin, there's really nothing left. And you can't be everywhere unless you have a team behind you. Yeah, no, 100%. And a lot of us, first year or two, don't necessarily have that. So we've got to manage our time very, very well. Yeah, and and energy. energy. Yes. Yes. Very, very important. Okay, step three. Yeah. So now we know our why, why we're doing content in the first place. Now we know where we're putting our content. The third step is what, what should we be talking about? And this is where people will get stuck and they will spend hours trying to figure out what to say. And there's two camps of people that I meet in my work, the camps of people who are the empty pool. I have nothing to say. I don't, I I don't know. I have nothing to say. Right. And then there are other people who are like, they're the waterfall people. Ideas just cascade over them. And what happens to those people is they have so much to say that they don't know how to sort through it all. And they they don't know what to say either. So the empty pool people will hide from content because they're like, well, I don't have anything to say. And the waterfall people, they will get overwhelmed. But then when they finally put something out there, they completely fire hose their audience with way too much information. So both of them struggle with consistent content. 
So step three is important no matter where you fall on this continuum. And what I like to teach is what I call the umbrella method. So step three is all about choosing a theme, an idea, a subject, a problem for the month. One thing you're going to talk about, and I'll give you an example in a minute. And then we break that idea down into four or five, depending on the number of weeks in the month, subtopics, right? So you talk about one little bite-sized nugget each week, and you've got the same theme going throughout. I call this fish food instead of fire hosing. You give your audience a little bit at the top, right? They come, they take what they can, they digest it in their little uh, castle in the sand, and then they come back for more when they're ready. An example would be if I wanted to talk, and this is this would work regardless of my podcast or a blog or whatever it is you want to do. Say I wanted to talk about calls to action. I could talk about calls to action all month because there's a lot to say about them. I could talk about like first week, what is a call to action, right? Like what is a call to action and why do you need one? Uh, the second week, I could talk about myths about calls to action. Calls to action are not sleazy. They're not pushy. In fact, if you're not calling your audience to action, you're actually hurting them because they're not going to move forward on solving their problem, right? Week three, I could talk about um, a story of a client who started using calls to action and how that helped her and changed her business. And then step four, I could uh, give some tools and tips for my top three favorite calls to action to try this week. So it's really about breaking it down that makes it digestible and your audience can follow along with you all month yeah. long. Yeah, no, that's a really good a really good point, actually, because it just makes it easier. I'm also on this content journey just because I didn't have a structure before. And as you rightly said, it becomes overwhelming. You feel stuck. You don't know what you're talking about. You feel like you don't have anything to talk about. And it's reassuring to know that I'm on the right track based on what you've said. So yeah, I've got my three content pillars now based on the services that I provide but yeah, help breaking it up not only helps you, but yeah, I don't think people realize that your audience, your followers, your connections will just be, ah, like they'll feel like you're just slapping them yeah. with information constantly. Yeah. Well, the biggest question that I will get from creatives at this point when I teach this is, but won't my audience get bored? Right. And I want to remind everybody, first of all, Almost every platform between one and 2% of our audience is seeing anything organically from us. So it's very few people who are seeing our stuff. And remember, back in the day, we used to need seven touches to make a point. Now we need like 37. Like people really need to hear things over and over again. And then the other thing is... We as creatives will get bored with our topics and our content long before our audience will. Because you know how it is in real life. Like you hear things, you hear something, you hear something, you hear something, you hear something, and then bam, blammo. Oh, yeah, right. I finally like heard it. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like you're really doing your audience a favor because when you're just throwing, today we're talking about this and tomorrow we're talking about that, it's not only exhausting for you, it's really quite exhausting for your audience. And my whole thing is like coming at this from an audience perspective. What does your audience need? Yeah. And I love from, obviously I follow you on Instagram and what I love in terms of what you speak about on there is, I think I saw a post recently about just keeping it simple just small digestible content. So that also feeds into, you know, not overwhelming your audience. Right. Now, 
when we're talking about what to say in step three, it re- it depends on where you are, like, and who your audience is. So if your audience is a heady academic set of people and they, they really eat up like a 13 page article, that's going to speak very differently than my audience who are overwhelmed content creators who are also juggling, you know, a business and a life and a family and a community. They need, you know, nuggets that they can digest. But once you know your audience, this all becomes a lot easier yeah. for you. Yes, a thousand percent. Just because, <laughs> yeah, I spent quite some months thinking I knew my dream client, my ideal client, who, of course, is makes up our audience. And it's only in the last couple of months that I've worked with someone and really drilled down to it. And that helps create, that makes content creation so much easier You know, when they say, really get to know your ideal client. Well, you know, I don't really care about where they shop and stuff, but definitely sort of, yeah. No, I I don't care about that I mean, when I started my business number, you know, my first month, I remember I had a call with someone. How old are they? Where do they shop? What do they eat? What house? What car do they drive? And I'm like, huh? I hate all this. (laughs) So now, like a year on, I've really just really got like, what sort of keeps them up at night? What? words will they say and you use that and now I can pay so much more attention like when I'm on calls or in the dms with people pay more attention to what they say like someone reached out to me recently I said oh my gosh I love the name of your podcast which is now my business name as well because I am I do want to start a podcast but I am too busy to podcast and I was like writing it down like scribbling it down in my little book because it's resonating so you need to kind of take those words to create your content, but it took me forever and a day to kind of get to that point. Yeah. So if your person is too busy to podcast, you could do an entire month on a theme of what, what really is taking your time up to podcast? What's making you too busy? Like that would be the umbrella. And then you could even have guests on like, what are the top four or five things that people say they're too busy with? And you could even have a guest on that speaks to like, oh, too busy creating too busy coming up with ideas, too busy wasting time, too busy, uh, you know, feeding my family, too busy. Like, what are the top five things? That could be an entire month of content for you where you have experts come on and then like we're talking about, okay, we're helping you solve the problem of being too busy. Boom, right here in my podcast. I like that. That's a good suggestion. Yeah, that would be a way you could take what you know your audience's problem is, what they're telling you literally, and then turn it into content for them. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've only recently learned that, to be quite honest. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, I mean, but it's it's a thing that every, a lot of us struggle with. We we don't know our audience well enough. Yeah, and listening to people talk about stuff that's not relevant is very very unhelpful. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, part of this whole journey of making a planning system that works for you is to stop following the people who are you know, either like you don't like what they're doing, like it feels like oh I would never do that. That's too yucky for yeah. me. Unfollow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really helpful part of the strategy here. Yeah. It lends to your confusion, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. No, definitely. I've been there. So I'm very quick to unfollow or unconnect from people who are just going to be a distraction because we have more than enough going on in our business as it is. Okay. So that's the what. What comes next? That's the what. (laughs) When. Yes. (laughs) This is the one that uh, the step four is very simple, but it is not easy. Step four is, okay, you have your plan. Like you don't even have to think about it now. You know what you're going to be talking about every week, right? When are you going to get it on the calendar to actually do it? Mm -hmm. And so this is all about scheduling it in, 
and uh, putting it on your calendar or your diary or your agenda. And this is where especially highly creative people are like, no, <laughs> <laughs> I want to schedule it. But if you don't schedule it, it doesn't happen. So mm. I have a few pieces of advice to schedule it first. When do you have the most energy and creativity in your mind? So if you know that you are highly creative in the morning at five o'clock and that's when nobody's bothering you, what if you woke up at five o'clock once a week or twice a month and batch created these things that you need to create? Like then it's done. You don't have to ever wake up again and go, oh my God, I can't believe I have to do that. No, it's yeah. just done. Yeah. So when is your energy? When will people be leaving you alone? When are you most creative? And the last thing I want to say about scheduling is, um, you know, how much are you really writing? Are you kind of moving into perfection mode? Does the blog post have to be perfect? Does every um have to be out of your podcast? Does it, do you have to have like, do you really need a full face of makeup to do your podcast? Like how much of perfectionism is holding you back from just doing it in an hour? And so one of the things I like to encourage people to try is like set a timer for 40 minutes, no distractions. Don't pick up your phone. Don't look at your email. Uh, and you'll be shocked at how much you can get done. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think for me, it's not perfectionism, or maybe it lends itself a little bit. It's the overthinking. Yes. So overthinking yeah. for me, I was really bad when I was in my 20s, but as a business owner, it's reared its ugly head again. But specifically when it comes to writing content, so just really, and to touch on what you talked about in terms of people. So, you know, the online space, you're looking at other people's, captions and you're thinking oh my god that's written so well so then that comparison and then you sit down to write your captions and it's like yeah <laughs> that, that doesn't sound great so that's my struggle but I hope to overcome it next year because it can be quite debilitating you won't get anything done and you've got to write your captions it's so true and if it's not written and living in your head it's never going to be seen by anybody and you're never going to get better. Like literally the only way to get better is to do it and have that really ugly chapter one, even though you're comparing yourself to somebody else's chapter 27. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. I saw you did a post. I don't know if I can quickly pull it up, but you did a post where exactly that. I think it was a quote. Oh, I can't find it now, but um, I read it and I thought, Oh, Jen is just spot on. Like, I need to stop. Like, if you don't do it, how do you expect to get better? Right. It was, I think it was something like, um, you don't have to solve all your problems, just the ones that are getting you in, that are getting in your way of you having what you want or something like that. I was like, that's such a great quote. <laughs> you don't have to solve all the ones, but there are ones getting in your way. Yeah. Solve those first and foremost. Yeah. Okay. So scheduling, I mean, I hope to have a VA in 2022. Mm. So I work slightly differently. I use Trello. I have it made up in a way that makes sense to me. At the end of every month, I will look ahead to the month and have my topics and map it out every day. And then at the, usually on a Sunday, I'll write the captions for the week. But then we get to the scheduling bit and I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> because obviously with Instagram as well, you've got to, there's the graphics component. So a lot of oh, people yeah. probably do the graphics and the scheduling. And by then I'm just so exhausted, even though I don't do everything in one go. It's like, oh, 
So then, I know. And also, you're trying to run your business. As you're trying to run your business. Oh, oh, also, I want to run my business part, right? <laughs> it's exhausting. Yeah, We can so, see why people don't get their stuff out there. I am, yes, I'm totally familiar with how our listeners might be feeling. Um, but I look forward to when I could be like, this is the post, just schedule it. And, you know, I started out as a VA. I didn't start out in podcasting. So other, my clients gave me, so I... I fully understand, <laughs> looking back now, how they felt. And I work with creators, like you said, full of ideas, might not be great on the execution or me- might need a bit of help with the execution. So a lot of people would write their content and just give it to me to schedule in. And I love doing that. But now I'm on the I'm on the other side of other it. Side and I'm of like, it, yeah. oh. <laughs> you need a you, Rosemary. You need I a need you. A me. Yes, I need a me. <laughs> so hopefully it's on the... um. It's on the planner, the goals planner, the business plan, whatever you want to call it. So yeah, hopefully by quarter two, I can have, even if they just do that, Jen, just schedule my content. (laughs) It's such a game changer. Uh, Agreed. I'm so, I'm so grateful for my, my assistant, Jessica. Yes. She, there's no, there's no way I would actually get everything done that I could do without an assistant. And just a side note on that for anybody listening, who's like, I could never afford an assistant. Really, you can get somebody two to five hours a week or even a month. And it's a total game changer for you. No, a thousand percent. Definitely. But yes, no, you're a hundred percent. I used to have usually around 10 hours, but yeah, just having that support, allow them to focus on other things. Not saying they can do it faster and they can. Yeah. Like what would take me an hour takes Jessica literally eight and a half minutes. It's so, she's so fast. So yeah, get that person to help. Yeah. Okay. So we now go into the fifth and final step, which is? Which is the fun step, which is uh, repurposing. This is like, you've made your home-based content. You know where the other two places it's going to go. And you already know all of the other things, the what, and you've made the what's. And now let's not bake from scratch every single day. Let's actually make something that can be used in lots of different places. And so what a lot of people think repurposing is, is splattering it kind of everywhere, which is not the case. And because like we said before, every platform feels a little bit different. You might need to tweak the voice or tweak the visual depending on where you are. But what I really like to think about is you've got this hearty piece of home-based content. There's nuggets in there that you can pull out and you could have your most favorite thing that you said in that podcast or that your interviewee said, you can pull that out as one nugget and that alone could be a caption, right? It doesn't need to be long. Or there's a little story that you told in that longer piece that could come out and that could be an email to your list or it could be a caption on social media. It could be an Instagram story. There's lots of different ways to pull out the nuggets and repurpose them. And if you start with a pra- – you're going to practice, but if you've got something and you love the first three minutes of it, th- that could be, you know, its own – it could be its own blog, right? Like that could come out and just be the blog. That could come out and be just like the audiogram. There's lots of different ways to repurpose The little thing that somebody said in your podcast or that you said in your podcast could be, you know, put on little quote cards and that could become a carousel on Instagram. There's just tons of ways to take the little beautiful insights or ahas or even funny little things and turn them into something else without it having to be the whole thing. Because frankly, somebody might not be able to have time to go listen to a 35 minute podcast. 
but they can follow you on Instagram and still get the gist of everything and learn from you and get value from you. And it's okay that they haven't necessarily gone to your podcast. Yes. And you see that right there is where I went wrong earlier this year. Well, no, more in the summer when I started my own podcast, actually, because I thought you want to drive people to listen. So I thought, which you do, which you do, but like, for example, there's someone that I follow who I do listen to her podcast and then she'll create a carousel, including all the main points of the podcast. And I'll listen to the podcast. So I will know that. So basically she's given away the entire show on this carousel and then expanding even more in the caption, but she didn't have a call to action to listen to the podcast. And I just got really confused. I'm like, but then no one's going to listen. But then it just took a bit of education to realize that actually not everyone listens to podcasts. They might not have the time. It's not their thing, whatever the reason might be, but actually you can capture them on Instagram or LinkedIn or whatever. So it has taken a little bit of education and knowing, like you just said, I am definitely, or was that person, you know, just taking <laughs> posts into Instagram, which connects with Facebook, and then copying and pasting the exact same text to LinkedIn. It's not repurposing <laughs> at all. That is, I don't know what that is. What is that? Just <laughs> copy and paste. Copy and, <laughs> copy and paste, exactly that. And I think people might, I think the word repurposing might sound more complicated and I think that was definitely my, I'm like, repurposing, like, what does that mean? And I remember I had a few clients as a VA asking about that. I was like, no, no, I don't write. Because <laughs> right. for me, like, I don't, that was my one thing as a VA. I don't your write. Tonight. Yeah, just, I don't write. Nope, you have to write it. I'll schedule it. That's it. But yeah, repurposing is fantastic. And I've started to do it more in my podcast. I actually got someone's freebie. It's a really good freebie where you've got like the original post, so it could be the title of your blog or your podcast, what format it was in, the key content takeaways, and then six boxes repurposing content. So what I start to do is like exactly like you said, the quote, a real idea, um, a carousel idea, could we go live and talk about XYZ? And yeah, I discovered this a couple of months ago and it's been for a freebie, it's just fun. I can't remember who I got it from, but as a freebie, it's absolutely fantastic. So for anyone listening who doesn't repurpose, you need to start. Yeah, start, start. <laughs> yeah. And it, it takes just a little bit of creativity and you kind of can't screw it up because it's all an experiment anyway. And one last thing on repurposing, remember, you always have new people coming into your audience. So you might have something from eight months ago, or even a year and a half ago, that was really good, that got a lot of engagement, or it really resonated with people. You can reuse it, recycle it, repurpose it, bring it back out, especially like, do you want to take a hiatus on your podcast? Well, you've already got a bank or a vault of content. How can you direct people to an old podcast, you know, use social media to direct them to something before? And we don't constantly have to make the meal from scratch, right? We really can make it our own, make the recipe our own, and then remember that we can make this meal again and again and reuse it in a couple of different ways. You've reminded me, actually, I saw something somewhere and I love your opinion on it. So in terms of, you know, those old posts that did really well and you want to bring it back to life, I saw something about you just need to tweak 20%. Oh, that's interesting. I do think that sometimes an old post needs tweaking. Like maybe you want to add in a new example or a new, like a different tool. 
you know, I have had a, co- there's a coach that I have worked with my whole entrepreneurial life. I don't work with her anymore, but every time she would have a story, I'd be like, oh, what does she have to say? You know, like I would lean in, like I've heard every story that she could possibly tell. But when people love you, they love you and they love your voice and the way that you interact with them. And so they're really usually very generous and gentle when you're reusing something. But if you can tweak it, and also maybe some of the stuff that you used to talk about because our the essence of our businesses change and get more laser focused over time. Maybe something you used to talk about, you talked about in a different way, but now you can bring it forward and apply it to where you are now in your business or the problems that your audience is presenting with now in your business. Yes, that is a really good point. That definitely applies to me. Where I was in January is at a completely different place than I am now. Huh, yeah, so that's a really, really good tip. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so we have covered the five steps. Yeah, and you can make them your own. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's no, what's the phrase? Create your own recipe. You've got the ingredients. It, yes, yes. Go away right. and create the recipe that works for you. Is there anything that we might have missed that you would like to add? I think the hardest thing at this point is once you have a system that you can make work for you. It's really about generating the courage within yourself to then let yourself be seen. Because a lot of times we have an excuse that I don't know how, I don't know what to say. I'm not a good writer. I'm not a good speaker. I don't like the tech. And then somebody gives you, somebody solves all of those problems for you. And then you have to face the fact that it's really freaking scary to be seen by an audience. And that is One of the, I think it's something that people don't really talk a lot about in content creation. And the other thing people will say is like, well, somebody's already out there doing what I'm doing. Like, Rosemary, you're a great example. You're talking about podcasting and podcasting is, you know, a huge thing. So why should people listen to you? Well, because you say it in your very Rosemary way with your Rosemary flair, right? Like people need your particular voice and not everybody is a good fit for everybody else. And so give yourself a pep talk and remind yourself that it's all an experiment. Like you don't, there's no perfection and putting yourself out there is just a matter of courage. And that does not come from somebody else. Like the confidence won't come from me telling you that you can do it. The courage and the confidence comes from trying it and trying it again and showing up. And this system is just a way to make showing up easier. It's not the answer, but it's a way for you to show up and feel good about what you're doing. Yeah. A hundred percent. I'm so glad that you added that on because it is tough. And I remember like I had Instagram before, but never really had six pictures in 2020. (laughs) Six photos. And yeah, I decided that Instagram was where I wanted to hang out. And it was scary. It was so, so, so scary. And I think Instagram, particularly because, as you mentioned, there's so many platforms within the one platform. There's so many different features. And this year, you know, when they announced that they were going more towards video, there's no more hiding. I mean, you don't have to do video, but as you mentioned, it is good. It's a great way for people to connect with you on a different level than a podcast or reading your captions because they can see you. Like I'm a hand talker, as you can tell, my hands are always, so I'm like, oh my gosh, Rosemary talks with her hands a lot. You can't tell that through my words or through my voice. But it was scary. And I remember in June, I challenged myself. I was scared as hell. <laughs> I challenged myself to 30 days of reels. And you know, the first week I was like, 
I definitely got caught up on the numbers. Like, oh, no one's watching my reels. And then by the second week, I was like, oh, this isn't too bad. And then, yeah, by like near the end, I was like, oh, this is a little bit addictive. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> I accomplished my goal. Like, I got more comfortable. But yeah, the, you have to find that courage within you to just do it. And also to remember that no one's really judging you. No one... They're there to support you. They're there, even if it's just support you by watching or commenting or liking. No one, I haven't found anyone has judged. And if they do, shame on them. <laughs> yeah, it really, and, and even if they are judging, it's very fleeting because the next video is coming in hot as soon as they swipe it up, right? So they're just like, That gone. is very true. Very, yeah, so easy just to keep swiping. So yeah, for anyone who is feeling a bit, uncomfortable or unsure or any sort of negative emotion towards creating content. Unfortunately, or fortunately, it's something that we've got to do as business owners. It's definitely something we've got to do as podcasters, because if no one knows about your podcast, your audience and your listeners aren't going to grow. So they go hand in hand. But I I just want to thank you, Jen. You've shared so many amazing tips those five steps are perfect for some. So this podcast is all about people taking actionable steps and using using the strategies and tips shared to go and make things happen. So thank you so much for that. Would you like to tell our listeners a little bit more about your planner? Oh, yeah, the planner is great. So basically everything I outlined today is ready for you in a planner. It's the customized content planner. It's not like a calendar of 30 days of posts. It's really, it's like I, you're going to learn in this planner how to customize your content for yourself. So if you go to jenliddy.com, I'm a one N Jen. So it's J E N L I D D Y.com slash planner. You can download the planner. And the nice thing about the emails that you get after the planner are it's simply just more examples of how to create that umbrella idea and then how to, you know, what to say out in the world. So that's jenleddy.com slash planner. And you can immediate, and it's actually, it's a fillable PDF. So you can start planning your content right online and reuse it. You know, it's very, it's a really usable. Fantastic. That lends really well to what we've talked about today. So I'll make sure all the links are included in the show notes. Thank you. And of course, where can we find you? Oh, yeah. I'm on Instagram. And so I have a team and they've got me, you know, everywhere. So they've got me, uh, I'm on on Facebook, but like there's like tumbleweeds on Facebook. So nobody's like finding me there anyway. But I'm on Instagram and I am diving into reels, which is terrifying and humiliating. And so I really understand people who are back at that starting place again. Um, I'm on, you know, you can find me on Pinterest. I'm Jen Liddy Coach. So if you just search for me, I'm you'll find me. And my website is jenliddy.com and you can uh, find me there too. Excellent. Well, thank you so much again for thank joining us. Thank you so much. This has been a fantastic conversation. I hope it was helpful. Oh, very, very, very helpful. I'm going to get your plan on myself. Yeah. So I would, the one last thing I would say then is it's always, I know it's always at the bottom of your list. I know it is. And if you just move it up and make a system that works for you, it really does get easier. It's like anything. It's like flexibility. It's like working out. It's like anything. It gets easier the more you do it. No, 100%. Well, thank you for having me on, Rosemary. It's so lovely to chat with you. I will see you around Instagram and we will stay in touch. Yes, I'll see you over there. Thanks for listening to this episode of Too Busy to Podcast. I know how busy you are and I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to spend with me. 
If you enjoy this episode and you like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media and subscribe or follow the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next week, keep calm and podcast. See you then.